0: Okay. Cue the theme music. <laughs> it makes me mad. Laser beak.
1: <laughs> I just feel like you don't need this. Like I don't need you <laughs> to think this well of yourself because know, it it's really at a disadvantage. It's in been a really good confidence booster for me. Our negotiations I feel problem. like
0: I got a leg up on Dessa now. Is there Listen.
1: something we could do to balance that in his personal life <laughs> <laughs> in
2: Laser beak.
0: Second ever Tuesdays with Laserbeak podcast. It is Laserbeak and Jacob and Dessa. Oh man!
2: First guess. First guess. Who would have guessed it?
0: Unbelievable. Right, most
2: okay. Most people. I don't most know. Most people would have guessed. It's kind it. of
0: a yeah. I wouldn't have seen it coming. Um, not many people know that Dessa was a huge fan of the first episode. And so we had to bring her on to fulfill a, a dream of hers.
1: Okay. I listened to the car and I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: pretty great. She's a big fan of Laserbeak's voice yeah, as a podcast. Very nice. Very soothing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, thank you, Dessa. No sweat. I'm excited. I'm
2: excited
1: to be here in the Doomtree office, but pretend it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: Dessa has, uh, we are here at the Doomtree headquarters, which is basically a makeshift um, storage space.
1: It's like the hybrid between like a pantry and a bunker.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very flammable.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, We are going to go a lot of places tonight in this office. Um, We're just going to run through it. Last, so the first episode we did the big, doom tree year in review mm-hmm. 2018 touched on all of it we touched on chime um i don't know we thought we'd maybe just jump off with talking about what a year you had and getting into all the shit you did
1: How okay that sound? i'm ready
0: yeah I'm sure you haven't talked about that enough. <laughs> Already.
2: Yeah, we're going to ask you all the stereotypical questions you get asked. Yeah, cool. For example, like, what's it feel like to be the yeah. only female in member? In
1: Doom Tree. Sure. What is that like? Sure. It's, yeah. cra- no? it's nonstop crazy. Yeah. I can't sleep at night. How long have
0: you considered yourself a femme seed? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it has been... Um, 2018, obviously, was a big year for all of us in the crew, mm. and I think it was, a big, it was our most productive year, and we released the, the stuff, but it was really anchored a year ago with the release of Chime. I oh, yeah. It's February. <laughs> <laughs> it's February. This is the one-year anniversary. Oh, we're already dropping hoops on the ground. It's, it's fine. fine. Hit an earring down. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been a year. Mm-hmm. It's been a, a really wild year. How are you doing?
1: Man, I think like at the first I hadn't realized how much Doomtree had done in 2018 until listening to your podcast. You know what I mean? Good God. It
0: was a huge year all around. It was a crazy like memory lane. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do you guys feel that? Like. Now, it, did it take looking back to realize how much you guys had done this year, or was it like...
1: I just don't think that naturally I'm like... I don't notice what has happened in a... Like, there's no reason to demarcate your life usually in 12-month increments, yeah, except totally. for Laserbeak's blog. <laughs> yeah. it's the only reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I knew that it had been busy for a while, but I wasn't like, holy shit, man. Yeah. It's been 12 months of some pretty nonstop action.
0: Totally. I I have to... When I did the blog... I had to go back and read every single one of my blogs, which is kind of. A, hey. <laughs> I didn't have to. I really enjoyed it, uh, but just to like pick up everything that we dropped, yeah. And I it took so long, and I just halfway through I was like, man, fuck this! Why am I doing this? There was too much shit.
1: I remember, like over the course of two meetings, I would look up. We were like working on on some new music together, and I would look over at your computer screen, and you were still reading your own <laughs> blog <laughs> for like several <summer laughs> weeks in a row. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, two thousand eighteen. I mean, the the easy like the easy press friendly answer is oh, it was a heck of a ride, you yeah. know. But then it's yeah. like you always sound like a basketball player, like it's just my teammates play good stuff, you know, keep Ryan the yeah. puck or
2: whatever. Um, <laughs> basketball,
1: riding basketball the puck. puck. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it works. That works. <laughs> But in real life I feel like I'm pro- I'm super proud of two thousand eighteen. I never wanna have another year like that again. It was yeah. just it's just too hard at the very end. And uh and obviously it's like there's no because of the job we're in and there's so many live performances, like it's never appropriate to just um, be honest and be like, oh, yeah. I vomited yeah. backstage, you know, because everybody paid their 22 bucks. So like, totally. you got to put on your rad show, your very best. But man, I was running on running on fumes at the end of that one. Well, and
0: I think a lot of people don't know like how still... Um,
1: DIY we are? Yeah. I know. Like,
0: you know, Dessa Tours and she is the tour manager. And I know that you enjoy parts of that, but parts of that are like not that tight yeah
1: totally and it's it's like for all the I mean for all the moments that are legitimately legitimately spectacular you know like there's free snacks all the time and and (laughs) uh and clapping and lights and that's a big deal you know but there's also like as much of the job more of the job by hours spent is like figuring out how long the drive from you know Denver to Salt Lake takes and if you're losing an hour gaining an hour and and um and what's the what's the traffic like and uh, and booking hotels and it's a lot of administrative. It's a bunch of administrative. Totally,
0: stuff. but yes, I I know and and you know we're I think we're fine tuned now at this point to like have our set positive answers when it comes to things yeah. like this. You know, so and I know that too. It's like it's always like, yeah, it was awesome, and oh my god, I'm so thankful, and th- those are very true They're things. Both but true. It's hard to sometimes. Explain the things that aren't the most awesome without sounding like a dick, I guess.
1: And at the same time, it's like I don't want to, yeah, that. And then also, I'm just aware of the fact that even though sometimes I'm honest, like I, I, I feel more comfortable being honest about it in interviews. But I look at my social presence, and it's not honest there, and that makes mm. me feel like a phony. Mm-hmm. Like I'm participating in a culture that I seriously object to, which right. is just like you know, winning constantly on Instagram because that's no one's lived experience. But I'm not... You're not
0: alone, though, in that, Uh, like, what we're presenting. I think we're all presenting our best side. Yeah. I have to think about that, too, because I I get down... You know, it's very hard to not get um, jealous or even when you're comparing yourself to other artists and you're like, oh, my God, because everyone's always kind of just, like, flexing even if they're not trying to. And I talked to so many other artists that I think are bigger that have it all figured out. And they're the same way. They're like, oh, man. Like I but then I, I compare myself to this person and that person has yeah. all these followers or that person, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like kind of a never ending cycle.
2: Yeah. and it, it, it No. And I think I I feel like there's an interesting aspect of like mental health there. And like, how are you presenting that? How are you presenting like exhaustion and like burnout and yeah you know when nobody talks about that and then somebody burns out they're like oh crap what's happening to me i'm the only one and then you talk to people in real life and they're like no 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 i felt that too and it's like yeah okay well i've never never heard anybody else (laughs) talk talk
1: about about it for me i think it's interesting. like there's a double think that um i I had first noticed it with it was it was it was beauty stuff which obviously there's like an ample opportunity to freak out about as a aging female artist. Um, yeah. But it was this woman, I can't even, I can't remember but it was another artist. She posted an Instagram thing and it was like her talking to the tension between being what she would consider like a discerning, woke, thinking feminist and still feeling shook that she wasn't like, you know, fitting into the swimsuit that she mm. wanted to. And I and that made and, and but in an objectionable way. She's like, I'm thinking like a teenage child. Right. Do you know what I right. mean? Like like freaking out in front of my full length mirror and also reading bell hooks or whatever. And totally. I was like, Ah, that's interesting because in some ways I consider like my value system to be above. And I like I, I as an over. Like I I hope that I'm over just comparing how many likes I got with sure. a comparable artist. But in lived truth, like my feelings are still attached to some of that comparative yeah. stuff, even though my thinking is trying to divorce itself from it.
0: Yes. Do you want to talk about anything with chime or any, like sure, we, th- we yeah. don't have to do the whole like, and then I did this and then I did no. that. But <laughs> were there any like um mm. we don't have to talk about like all the the year of chime necessarily, mm-hmm. but were there any things that happened that really felt like big wins or like mm. you got to cross something off your lifelong list or anything like that bucket list stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is after me talking about <laughs> being over numbers, but <laughs> uh, but you know, Doomtrees worked for so long in um in Minneapolis and in and in St. Paul to like build up a pretty epic you know, community in the Twin Cities. And the, tr- the trick, I think, for a lot of us has always been like how to build up s- anything remotely like that elsewhere. Yeah, you know. Yep. And um and there's a radio station in Seattle called KEXP, and they're mm-hmm. they're yeah, do, do, they're big hitters. They're big, they're heavy hitters, mm-hmm. and they came in really hard behind um behind Chime, and it was like the first time that I've stepped on a stage outside of of Minnesota and been like. Whoa, dude! There's a lot. Like this feels like uh, you know, it feels like you imagine it would feel when you're you know, fantasizing about like the biopic of a of an <laughs> independent like musician's yeah. life. And it was like the first time we had like almost a thousand people in Seattle, and um, it was like one, I think it was one of the first shows of that tour. Yeah. And I was like, we made
0: it. Every <laughs> night's gonna be like this. <laughs> it's
1: the only show in like that on Seattle that but, <laughs> but 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 that felt amazing. Like to to have Seattle, um, to have Seattle feel like wow, this is like a second home. You know, with Minneapolis and. Um, and then I was working with a lot of new musicians. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't I, like. I play piano just kind of just enough to capture some ideas melodically to make stuff. Obviously, with you and yeah, between writing music with 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 Beak, but but watching those dudes like learn all those parts and figure out how to like deconstruct those deconstruct those songs so fast.
2: I think so. Yeah, some, yeah mm-hmm. some of the
1: coolest parts of of tour are actually in rehearsal like watching these musicians figure out how to do it and being so game, you know, like watching people work hard with you. I have always find that really moving, you know, when someone stays up late and gets it right and like hustles hard, that feels so good.
2: Well, and this is like, this is a new touring band for you. This is like Mm -hmm. a completely new setup. So that could, I'm sure that that's like, you know, on top of having a new album and touring with completely new people when you've been with the same like a same band for a while for a long time and yeah. it was like
1: i've been so lucky to work with such good like good i don't mean talented i mean like good decent kind mm. people mm-hmm. which which is tricky in any field you know totally. To just like pick a bunch of cats you're really into so abby abby wolf has has been a you know a collaborator forever and um members of my my previous band joey sean and dustin all had kids which is rad but that means re-career wow, they time. All, had kids, all didn't of they? them. Yeah, Dang. I know, I know. Little 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 wow. guys. So so like unbeknownst to me, a couple of the players in that band had also never been in a band like that before. So Matthew is a friend of mine. He uh he plays keys and guitar and sings. He was in a band called Moniker. And um I was like, you know, I don't know if this is of interest to you guys, but it could be we, if we joined forces, like you guys could serve maybe as a support slot for for the shows and then and then i could take stage and we'd we'd be my band and um and Sam, one of the players said to matthew he's like yo i can't do that and matthew's like why not he's like i don't know those songs
2: and matthew's like well you'd have to
1: listen to them and learn them and he was like oh okay because he'd only played his own music before he's like not okay. a, he's not a I can figure it out. yeah he's not a band dude and it was really sweet then just like become a a Uh, group i'm I'm really proud of like we we do some cool stuff on stage totally
0: yeah a lot of changes went into chime i feel like the sound changed the the whole live thing changed and obviously it was like a step up in a lot of ways i think sonically too i
2: think so too yeah Yeah. and so let's just touch on like something that laser talked about last time was the idea that like you guys musically didn't always click before this and with the addition of Andy, it was triple threat. Is what oh, Lazy has described it as. Uh-huh. It's Triple um, threat. Yeah. So why don't you guys talk a little bit about like what what do you think it was that like clicked hmm. yeah. suddenly for well, this album?
0: First off, Andy Thompson is is who we're talking about. He's the kind of composer, producer, engineer, everything mm-hmm. guy that you had gotten really involved with when it came to the orchestra stuff? Or had you guys worked together a lot before then?
1: We worked together just a little bit before then. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. um, but through that, I don't even remember how we were like, hey, we should all three meet up. When did that happen?
1: God, I don't know either. <laughs> we don't know.
0: We don't know. We don't know. So the... that's a mystery for the yeah. ages. But,
1: but I think it was also... Okay, I don't know if you'd think this, speak, but for the things that we have in common taste-wise... Because there, there is a there is a significant, like, overlap, and there's also a very significant part of our respective tastes that don't overlap. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it's just, like, you know, you're self-taught. Yeah. Mostly, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm self-taught. And so I don't think that either of us would be particularly compelling, like, communicators- Correct. Even even if our even if we weren't like irritated and confused, like in the best of times, I can't say like why that bass line is awesome. Mm-hmm. I usually end up like like doing a small dance. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. it's awesome. And then of knowledgeable is like, oh, she keeps you know like tapping her heel on the three. She must like that No that kind of thing. Right. Whereas I feel like Andy, like being trained, is in addition to being an amazing musician. I think he can like communicate. And pick up on what we are
2: each liking. Yeah. Help you understand why you like something. And
0: he can also just be like, we could be like halfway through talking about an idea and he would just like pick up a guitar and be like, oh, like this.
1: And then we'd have our song done or something like. (laughs) Okay. The last, so we're working on a song now. Yeah. And I was literally in the middle of the sentence saying like, you know that song Eleanor Rigby? Like, I, I like how it's just strings. And I was thinking maybe we could have a bridge. And then, like while I'm saying the word bridge, like, Andy is playing the composition <laughs> that I'm almost done describing, which is a really it's different crazy. skill set. Than, yeah. And it, then a lot, of, I mean, that's unusual. That's oh, just totally. unusual in any world. Yeah.
0: He has perfect pitch. He's just a god, basically. He plays
2: violin. Yep. So do I, but not well. Wow. Well, wow. Jacob plays no. violin. But not not well. Like, don't don't ever ask me to help with like that. I You gonna... don't want to battle? I've, to no, I've, I've played for 10 years and I like, oh. I think I hit my peak senior year of high school and then I just kind of like, I kept playing. Like I played up until like last year and then, yeah. I, but I just got worse. Huh. <laughs> like, I feel like I hit a plateau and then I was like, uh, oh. I'm doing that with cooking right now. <laughs>
1: That sucks.
0: Is it I'm bad? Losing? Is it not going well? I, I used well? to be pretty good. Yeah, I've had some really delicious meals in your apartment. Not anymore.
2: Wow. <laughs> what about the smoothies the though? Horse. The banana smoothies? Yeah, those are still alive. Yeah, those are great. So where where do you where do you feel like you butt heads? Like, mm. is there a particular like song that you remember? Like really fighting mm. each other? It on? was more
1: like we could never both get on the seesaw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like it was like we didn't even get far enough to be like, oh, you know, forget you then. laser weekend, and I slam a door and storm out. <laughs> yep. It was like, is this cool? Not, not to me, really. How about this? And Then when the other one being like, nope, don't nope. like it much. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just couldn't get couldn't yeah. get it rolling.
0: There's something about having a third person that I think just makes it easier too. Like, yeah, and we we do this a lot now. It's like almost a me and Des have always negotiated about like That's really true. piddly shit. So like. Placing dollar bets on the most random, dumbest, mm-hmm. like what? When are we gonna pull into the club? Is it gonna be five forty or is it five forty eight? Well, it's a, there's it's a, dollar a dollar on, on the it. table. Yeah. Um, but now we get to do that with the music we're creating. Um, where like even recently, Des will be like, "Okay, I'll let you have this extended instrumental outro, but you gotta let me do harmonies on the second verse."
1: And and then Week will say. Uh, You've got a deal, and extend (laughs) and extend a hand, and we shake on it, and now we've got the song. That's
2: very dramatic. That'd be good in like a documentary. Oh yeah,
0: totally. So there's a lot of deal making Mm -hmm. going on.
2: I
1: I will say that for Chime, on this, like, you know, when we were working on that last one together with Andy, I think it might have also been the fact that we were venturing musically into definitely music I wouldn't have touched six years ago. Because yeah. I was I was shy in a really stupid way about being interested in pop music. Cause that was so antithetical to like backpack rap, which is the only yeah. thing I do. I wear a backpack and I rap. You know? <laughs> like what a narrow lane to yeah. exist as a human being in. But but it was such a dirty word. Whereas now uh, that uh and not because I'm suddenly brave, but I think also like culture has just relaxed. Yeah. I
2: Liz Week and I were talking about that. We've talked about that quite a bit of like I definitely like uh, in middle school was like KWB, like top 40 hits. I love, love pop. Yeah. And then it became like really, really uncool. Not cool. Yeah. And so then I was like, no, just kidding. I listened to like this band you've like never heard right. of. And then, and then I've like come back around to be like, I really love Britney Spears. Here's mm-hmm. why this song totally. is perfect. It's mm-hmm.
0: weird too, because I just feel like in general culture, we're all like opening up to a, what we like that's popular. It doesn't feel, maybe that's just, I'm not in touch with like a, younger demographic but it doesn't feel weird to say guilty pleasure as much as it used to
1: i wondered i feel like we used to have to choose yeah like are you a punk rock kid totally or a pop kid or or whatever and now i think you're allowed to be i don't know just like it's not it's not necessarily shorthand in the way that it used to be for total cultural membership yeah, and maybe fashion still is, you know, like the kind of clothes that you wear do sort of indicate if you walk into a coffee shop what kind of person you are. At least they inform people's opinion of you, you know. Whereas now I think, yeah, like maybe because of the way people listen to music, like it's not we're finding what we like online instead of subscribing yeah. to a single yep. TV show or. And, and I
2: think like it. I think the way artists make music has changed. Also, I think mm-hmm. because of like, like you you can make less money in general off music right now because of like you know stream platforms music's available everywhere so i feel like more artists if anything have started making music that they're like i love this mm. Mm. and i'm less i mean still caring about the reception but not so much from like a monetary perspective of yeah. being like i need this to succeed for the money like i need it to hit big for the money sure. it's more like it seems like more artists are just like i'm gonna make what i like and i think my fan basis. is I think there will be a fan base there because music's so accessible right now. But I think
1: even thinking like that is a relatively... That that wouldn't be a decision that you could make easily anyway. Like 20 years ago, because those decisions about like what got released, that was a mediated call by an A&R rep. You know, like the idea that a musician could be like, oh, this is the kind of music I want to make and will be released instead of like a musician pitching a demo to a record company and then having to work with the decisions that a producer makes who is hired by the record company. I was in a conversation with Joe Boyd, who's the dude who did like a bunch of Pink Floyd stuff, and it cool. It was rad. Yeah. And uh and one of the things that he said that was like a small mind explosion to me is he was he he's like a little crotchety about it, but I think he had a point, which he was really mad and bummed that like as a producer, his the role that he used to serve has changed so much because he's like now used to be record record companies would hire yeah. producers and now artists hire producers and in my head I was like as it should be but then <laughs> but then he was like which means that like if you're hired by the artist then you say something the artist doesn't like like let's get rid of this eight you know let's get rid of the middle eight let's yeah. let's change the guitar tone let's you know and the artist just says no and you have to go with them cuz they're paying your yeah Yeah. your dinner whereas like when you when you were hired by the record company like there was this natural aesthetic tension between a producer and an artist that in you hope you know would serve the art in the end totally whereas now it's like it's like a defanged beast
2: well okay and then i wonder like for you guys with you know the music landscape is changing, again i don't know about it from like the artist perspective but like how do you how do you measure success now like, what, what is your measure for, like, a successful
1: I mean, album? I, I think that I measure it in, like, disappointingly conventional ways. I yeah, mean, like album sales? Uh, album sales, I would also say, like, it's like maybe if you imagine a chart that looks like a stock market chart, right, with, like, a squiggly line on it, that it's like if you imagine two or three squiggly lines, I look for the point of overlap. So, like, if one of those lines is, how much money did I personally make? Well, that's important, you know, like, allows me to do other things and, and even just finance other cool art projects pay rent um the other thing being like okay well how many people bought the record because that's a thing that people really care about but the other thing is like how many you know how much how many like human beings did you touch or, yeah. or move or communicate with in some important ways so, like finding the spot on the graph where all three of those things are are optimized but the cooler answer would be like you know what i just know i make my best work and then i <laughs> and then i bathe in perfume like and i and i i don't I, for me it is about like yeah reaching Yeah. Reaching folks.
0: And I feel like a lot of us, were very hard to please. Like, it's never Mm. good enough. Even when you, like, even right now, if I were to say, like, in two years, this is where I want to be. If I were to get there, (laughs) I would still be like, ah, this isn't that tight. I want to be here (laughs) now. You know, like, it's in in a way that I think, for us, speaking about Doomtree, at least, has really pushed us. Because we've never just, like, celebrated too much. We've been like, okay, that was tight. Let's keep it moving. Um, But, I don't know, it is really hard to there's been like, I'm trying to think of a specific time in my life where I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. I've made it incredible. I remember like an A&R person who worked at Interscope that, that wanted me to send beats as they were starting to like sign a bunch of rappers of that era, like Wale and Drake and all that stuff. And I got a beat that got like, it was like one inch away from landing on a 50 cent record when 50 cent records still mattered. And getting to that point, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is it. I have, arrived. I didn't get that 50 cent record, but I'm going to be getting placements on all this stuff and I'm going to quit my pizza delivery job and we're going to fucking go. And then that never materialized. I didn't land a record on any of that thing like that. And through that process it was great. Like I learned so much because I kind of went all in. But I don't know. I've mm-hmm. now I'm just rambling about uh prior disappointments. It, it is <laughs> <laughs> which I intend to it do. Is, it is amazing
1: like by the for career artists. It's as much as, like, if you were going to sit around a table with, like, eight other indie artists, you know, who you don't know, and you're just kind of making conversation, let's say, before a show starts, you know, before you have to take stage. It is funny how that could be absolutely, like, a round-robin conversation at a table that's amusing is what are what were your close calls because mm. i think almost every career artist now is like this is the time that i was supposed to open for michael jackson this is the time yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what i mean yeah. and like these incredible like just just razor thin margins of 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 near misses because there is it is just so project-based you know that in a in a year like if you're working um and more like a corporate like environment where there's more security you can kind of guess like what direction is is up and, and how the year will probably unfold barring the death of the CEO. Like you know what success is and where to go. It's you know up a ladder with like defined steps. Whereas it's like I think every month you can have a huge loss and a huge totally unexpected win. <laughs> yeah. It's just really uncertain.
2: Do you feel like mm. do you feel like when you're working on crew records is it harder to keep each other in check because you're all kind of no oh, man. scrambling
0: or it's probably why we don't it? work on crew records that often to be honest.
1: I think, I think crew records were challenging for me very much just because of my own, probably everyone have a different answer. The reason that they were exciting was because like you're working with all these talent, like no, the ideas that all other six members of Doomtree would bring to the table. Very rarely would they be an idea that I could have ever brought to the table because we are really different. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah. Uh, the thing that was challenging about it for me anyway is like, you know, I like, I like, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slower writer. I think me and Cecil are the slowest ones for sure. And and so probably I just felt shy and a little embarrassed that the guys, and because it I think it is a male thing, although I know that's broad strokes, but, um, in the culture of men that I was in, yeah. Uh, when you are excited about a rap song and you're winning, like you fly that bandana, oh, yeah. like we're killing it over your desk. What you got?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. You bang on the table. Uh, and, I mean, people, yeah.
1: it's it's like you're literally working side by side, except one person is be- is pounding the table yeah. and like oh, I'm killing it, I'm killing it, you know, like, <laughs> and you're literally trying to write. So, so probably felt shy, and then also you know just just trying to find out like that that good balance of like making sure that your shit is how you want it and being mm-hmm. able to seed control and, and make room for other people's visions. And and, and I, I know that I struggled with that a little bit. But of course, it's not like the, the dopest shit to be a part of. And the most intoxicating mm-hmm. tour is like, that's my youth. And I feel so much more educated about people and about men.
0: Yeah.
2: Right now, music, what do you listen Ooh. to? And what's guilty pleasure good right now?
0: Yeah. Me and Dessa have had a long going like text thread of where we're just like, everyone else will make fun of me, but I really like this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's I usually know. like Kesha or uh, some like God, that last prayer one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was
1: so good. It's funny because I feel like a lot of times we'll like the same record, but have like you'll like the fast, funky song. Yeah. And I'll like the slow joint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say right now, um, oh, what is his name? Dominic Fike.
2: Oh, yeah. I yeah. sent
1: you that photo. I definitely so Lazy Beak and I have a meeting to work on new music tomorrow with Andy. Yep. I was stuck on my home one of my homework assignments was to write a bass line, I was stuck and ended up like learning how to play this man's like who looks like a sixteen year old child on his on his album cover. Like trying to figure out a piano version that I could play, like you transcribing Dominique <laughs> Fike. So I would say that that stuff is really catchy to me. Like the lyrics are not masterfully rendered, but it's not a tune that runs on lyrics really. That's yeah. that's rad. Um Sasha Sloan. I haven't heard that. That's the one remember it's oh, the one The Fall from... that was yes. the one that you and me and Andy listened to. You're right. Which is for me it was like why is this good? Because mm-hmm. I know it's good, but I couldn't tell you what element is making it magical because it's a it's a piano line that like you can play one handed yeah a child could play yeah mm-hmm. the melody isn't hard to sing so why is this so tight and i remember andy just turning on being like when it's the right one you can listen to it for hours and then like he, he does everyone's <laughs> way he just like turns around like a mystic and says some shit that's like a tautology and then goes back to playing
0: yeah and then but, we make fun of him behind his back yeah, yeah it's great
1: incredible <laughs> so, what are you listening to
0: i well, I lo- I love Ariana Grande. I don't even know if that's a guilty pleasure anymore. I feel like None she is like she is it. I yep.
2: have so few guilty pleasures anymore. None of them are guilty. I don't
1: think I don't think we do that anymore. Yeah, as maybe we are done guilty pleasures guilty. are canceled.
0: It's just pleasures now. Just pleasures. Just pleasures of the constant pleasure <laughs> of the ear. Uh, um, I want to talk about Whitney. yeah. Let's talk about Whitney. Oh well, and Ariana Grande. Honestly, I feel like. I'm not gonna compare her to Whitney, but there's something in the way that she effortlessly sings, and even the way that her like upper lip moves, and the way that she smiles when she sings, mm-hmm. that reminds me of Luther Vandross. It reminds me of Whitney. It reminds me a little bit of early Mariah. It's just some. It's so effortless mm-hmm. that it just looks like you're having a conversation, and mm-hmm. you somehow are belting out like seven octaves.
1: Think of Michelle Pfeiffer in your mind. Oh yeah. Okay. To make yourself look like Michelle Pfeiffer, I think if you put an index finger, um, on Each side of your upper lip and press down such that it plumps up the outside. Yes, good. You both look like Michelle. Look at me. Hold on. Oh
0: yeah. (laughs) Oh wow. Both of them have Michelle Pfeiffer's. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) 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 Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. That they all like they Ariana and Whitney both have that where it's like the outside edges of their top lips are unusually full and it's a very particular signature kind of smile. It's fantastic. Thank you. Really nice. (laughs) You're welcome.
0: No, let's... Okay, background. Obviously, I don't know how many people have seen the Whitney documentary, but the Whitney Houston documentary that just came out, I watched it on a plane ride home about two weeks ago. I obviously love Whitney Houston, but I did not grow up with her in my house the way that Dessa did. Mm -hmm. And knowing Dessa for so long, like I hear about how her mother... Saying Whitney Houston all the time, it's how I mean now I'm just talking for you, but it's like kinda how you learned how to sing in a way,
1: and it was also just like I mean obviously Whitney Houston is like is a, is just a physical entity, you know was a beauty for the ages um but but my mom, when she was young, like they just happened to have the same hair and they both have a lot of teeth, and my mom has a really big smile, and their eyes are kind of similar, so when I used to sit with the whitney self titled record in my lap, like it just looked like um family Uh, for people who see me i'm very light-skinned um i'm half puerto rican the puerto rican side of my family some people are very light like me some are medium brown some are very from some are very dark-skinned puerto rican is like there's enough genes all mixed up in there Mm -hmm. that you just get a lot of really interesting mixtures so like
2: that's why i'm pale pale.
1: (laughs) (laughs) so it's like some of my cousins have like kinky hair but it's blonde
2: yeah you know it's just it's
1: just weird mix anyway so in my before I knew that. You know, it's like looking at that Whitney, he's that record just looked like my mom's family to hmm. me, you know, and it just it looked like my mom. Yeah. And so I don't know, she was just such a ubiquitous face in my ho- in my house and my mom would sing along with her and I knew that her voice was so good, but so it's unusual that she could hit notes like that that my, you know. And um ah, she was just so much a part of like I think the way that both my mom and my dad like imagined what class Hmm. Was at least the way it presented on TV, right? Because yeah. it was very much in that era where you have like um you have a Sade and a Whitney, right? Yep. And the way that they present image-wise, very, very image-based, very beautiful, but um in stark contrast to um to a to a hyper-sexualized clothes-less mm-hmm. way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Presentation. Absolutely. And so that was such a word in my family that I don't think until watching that uh that documentary, also on the plane ride home. Yeah. I was like, that was such a coded word in my family for your clothes are on was mm-hmm. class. She's got mm-hmm. class was something yeah. that was said all the time when my parents watch TV. Huh. And I, that's totally, I think in part like where I get a lot of all my ideas about what it means to try to present as a singer, and yeah. a pop singer on stage.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it it like really, I just it's great. God, yeah. I love her. So that's my okay. that's mine this month, Jacob.
2: Uh, i really liked in december bad bunny dropped his most recent album and bad bunny is one of those artists that i did not expect to like because like my younger sister she's 18 she like loves reggaeton i respect like a lot of the early reggaeton artists like i grew up with daddy yankee and and whatever yeah yeah. and then this like guy comes up and he's like spanish trap and i was like i don't know at first it was like a lot of like drugs and sex and whatever and then slowly he had a lot of like really great features and then he dropped his album and it is so expansive like the genres he covers like there's some like stuff that sounds like emo rap and then there's like hard-hitting trap and then there's like slower songs like the title not the title track but the one of the singles is called solo de me and it's like about being in an abusive relationship about like a woman in an abusive relationship and being like i'm nobody's but my own i'm Hmm. only mine and it's so good. And I just, like, was really surprised. And he's become very politically active. Like, he uh, s- stayed until, like, four in the morning with Residente, who's another big rapper in Latin America. And he, they, like, met with the governor of Puerto Rico to talk about the violence that's happening right now. And it was just incredible. That's And, crazy. He, and he's, like, challenging, you know, trying to challenge ideas of masculinity and what it means to be a man in, in reggaeton right now. And it's just, I was like, this guy, he kind of, like, Came out of left field yeah. and then just dropped this incredible album. I,
0: I got it. So Jacob reminded me and I had to like re-save it on Spotify because it came out like a day before Christmas or whatever. Yeah. And I totally missed it. But I also love Bad Bunny for him getting Drake to sing in Spanish. It's uh, really good. <laughs> that Mia song is great. <laughs> and then obviously his like his guest work. So he was on the the Cardi song. Yeah, I like, like it yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's tight. I'm going to check that out. We ha- We've started a new segment. It's the year of the endorsement deal. It's the eternal year of the endorsement deal, and every month we're going to talk about who we're trying to get an endorsement deal from. Do you want me to start? What do you think about it?
1: I'm ready. I don't want you. Oh, you're ready. Oh, absolutely. But oh, I want you to start go. too. No, no. Dessa. Can I get three? Yeah. Does absolutely. Yeah, go no. Go crazy. Keep cup. Holler at me. Those Keep little cup. tiny cups. that are like eight you know eight ounces they're like uh, like one of the one of the drags about being on tour is that you make so much waste yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so if you're like y- even an armchair environmentalist you feel like a jackass because there's just like a trail of paper cups and plastic bottles behind you so there's this keep cup i have it like on my person at all times and it's like a little um glass tiny cup that you can have like a cortado or something in so it's like mm-hmm. a little like espresso drinker's thing yeah. i love mm-hmm. that thing um keep cup shout at me also like like rosetta stone Wow. Come on, that's okay. a
0: no-brainer. Come
1: on, Rosetta Bef- Stone. Before the yeah, before the uh, before the next like European run, videotape myself every week, learning, yeah. track progress, yes. use it yes. in the country on stage. Wow. Come on, absolutely. That's, that's a campaign that's like ready to go, it's done. ready to rock. Also, lastly, uh, Touch Note. This I don't is know about me, that. this is me trying to not be like I've got there for seven inch, but it's an app where you take a picture, and then you can write a little note that is then sent off as a real postcard. So I started doing it. Yes. I started doing it like two or three years ago. And I was like, what a great way for my mom not to be so mad at me (laughs) (laughs) when I'm on tour, you know? And uh, and I feel like for somebody who's traveling all the time, that's like yeah. a great, it's a great tool.
0: Oh man, I feel like we could co-brand all of these together as like the Desa Tour Package.
1: I'm ready. Yeah. Let's go. So <laughs> leaving in April on the next one. So <laughs> yeah, any, yeah. Any time.
0: Mark your calendars. And,
1: and also Pilot Pens. Shout out. I do it every year. Oh, yeah. Never heard back from them. Yeah. I've got four of them in my bag right now. Pilot Pen, best of, best pen a girl can pen. Uh, for $22, I will be your lifelong spokesperson. Wow. I just really love the brand. Well,
0: I'd like to counter that with my own endorsement deal with Cross Pens. Wow. F- I got a cross pen. I spent a little money.
1: Give me that
2: pen.
0: And because I spent a little money, I have not lost this pen. Except mm. I just gave it to Dessa.
2: <laughs> Looks like you
1: lost that pen. Um, you don't have an endorsement. You just bought no, a pen. No, no, no.
0: I'm trying to get this endorsement You from see the difference guys. though, right? You yeah, just yeah. bought a pen.
1: Well, I bought a pen okay. to get the endorsement. You know okay. what I mean. Sometimes it's you got to do a little legwork. Got to give a little to get a little. it's
0: not it's working out so well a, in my Fila endorsement deal because I've spent like two like, two stacks now on their... Oof. I just re-upped on their cologne, which is also it's only twenty bucks. Twenty bucks on Amazon, no problem. Okay. It's very nice, um, Jacob. Who are you trying to get an endorsement deal with?
2: Um, I feel like, practically speaking, the best uh, would be like some sort of uh, audio equipment, something yeah. like sound devices. I've been wanting a sound device mix. Pre- Three, three or six. You Ooh. know, the six is the better one, but okay. I'm you take I'm, a three. I'm yeah, but I take a three. I'm, I'm young and broke, so yeah. I'll, I'll take what I'll I can Take a get. three. Um, <laughs> and it's just uh, it's it's uh, like the new recorder. It's become industry standard. Okay, Tim Nelson kind of turned me on to it before NPR like switched over to them, and mm. then I've used them, and I'm like, oh goodness, this is like a nice. Why? Because nice. like, they're easy, or what? they just they sound really great the preamps are great mm-hmm. so like even if you have a really crappy mic chances are you're gonna get pretty good audio because it makes up for it and um, tim are
0: you back in this you agree oh two thumbs, thumbs, thumbs up. up two, thumbs, two thumbs, up. Up. thumbs up
2: from tim um just like the interface itself is nice to work with it like this is such a small thing but so the way you adjust the levels on it at least on the MixPre three you like push a button out and it yeah, there it is. Oh, we're demonstrating
0: you, it. Yeah, wow. wow. Yeah, 10, um, okay.
2: So one of them it like you push a button and then the little knob comes out that you twist and oh, then that's you push hot. it back in. So then it's it like it doesn't you can't accidentally nudge it Amazing. and change to the level while you're recording.
1: I have to say that I've been impressed by the quality of audio that you get in environments that do not learn the, like I've met with you in like on like Sixth Street, it's South by Southwest, yep. like in a snow. You know what I mean? Like it's essentially like a sandstorm with like bleeding quadrupeds all around, yeah. and you're like speaking normal levels. Here we go. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like, really? <laughs> it's, surprising.
2: it's a. It's been a lot of. Uh, truly a lot of Tim Nelson. I talked to Tim about equipment quite um, a bit, and a and half Tim the Nelson. time, half the time, I'm not really keeping up, but I'm I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm kind of getting it.
0: Let's get the endorsement. What's the company? Sound device. Sound device. If anyone has a a hook there. Father. You know an uncle? Yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with an easier one. The Mall of America.
1: Oh, you're so close. I, you're, I you're feel there. like I'm
0: close. I've been I've somehow gotten involved in a, a legit friendship with like a a, a, mall. a mall. A physical shopping mall that has like Not an, just any mall. the greatest mall of all time. Uh I have never felt like it has a little bit changed my life. And I'm not bullshitting you. Like, Why? I, I don't know. Like I I literally spent my 10-year wedding anniversary at the Mall of America right. because we were trying to save some money and we're like, well, we'll just get a hotel room there and we'll go shopping and blah, blah, blah. And I I went to get Dessa's book at Barnes & Noble because my own devices had just come out. Well, I went to check that they had it in stock and they only had <laughs> one copy left. So I was very upset about that. And I bought that copy. Mm-hmm. And then I oh. tweeted like, I'm at the Mall of America with my wife. For our tenure university. anniversary. Whatever. Just some dumb thing. Like here I am. I didn't at them. I wasn't trying to like. Oh, you holler didn't. at them. No I just oh. said Mall of America. They obviously are. Are searching for themselves here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aren't we all? Um, Every day. And they sent me a gift, And they were like. Oh we're so happy. You're here. Like happy wedding anniversary. And they sent me like a gift from the office. Or something. And I was like. This is
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> and I felt like I instantly had a friend. And then I like. Asked them throughout the weekend. Where I could go get. Like I'd just seen uh, Crazy Rich Asians. And there's like a lot of sweet silk pajamas in that movie. And I was like, I got to get some silk pajamas. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask them where to get silk pajamas. and They would hit me right back. Like, Oh, you got to go to Marshall's. You got to go second floor, blah, blah, blah. And they knew everything. Actually, and then
1: pretty tight.
0: And then there would still be gifts coming back and forth. And I threw some Drake gifts at them. And then all of a sudden we're just like best friends on Twitter.
1: I wonder yeah. how many people are responsible for that. Exchange. It's at least four.
0: <laughs> I, cause I've done a little bit of, cause I still don't know who's behind yeah. it. But they did. They sent me on like a. They sent me on a hunt for like free. Like I got a gift bag with like free rides. Anyways, did you I use them all guys. already? Did you use the no, rides cool. already? Really? I got so many that I still have more to go. I I'm not trying to brag a, here. I
1: want to go on a ride.
0: Yeah, I'll take yeah. you guys on a ride. Great. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. The I just took uh, Penny on the SpongeBob ride and mm. I screamed so loud <laughs> it goes straight up. Um, yeah,
2: I have I have younger siblings and so. I my dad had like year memberships for them at at Nick Universe yeah which is Nick Universe now it's Um, Nick Universe Tessa please um, okay it it went through a few different iterations but now it's Nick Universe but um (laughs) and like I just like I well I thought that was balling out I was like dang you're on asses Dad already. Um, and so I would go with my younger siblings because I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old sibling. Okay. And so I'd go on like the kids' ride with them. Mm. And I was like, I used to be able to do rides so much better than I can now. And <laughs> Now anything makes me dizzy. Yes. Yeah. But it's still so much fun. Like I still like I'll, I'll go on any roller coaster. Oh man. I'll do it.
0: Well, I'll bring a band for you next time because yes. it is just outrageous. I will say the log shoot really fucks you up. It will That's get you very wet. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That one. You're is... drenched for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I'm trying. So hashtag daddy dates. Mm-hmm. I've been taking my kids once a month on each one of them solo? on a solo dad date. So mm. I should say that I have three kids. So one month is one kid. Next month is the second kid. Mm. Next month is the third kid.
1: Why did you decide to do that? Is it to like make sure that you your relationship is...
0: Yeah, it's because like they, when we're all together, no one gets like solo time and I wasn't getting solo time and I felt like that was a way to like do something fun and mm. really get to like talk to them because we're all like... and you know there's three of them they're like vying for attention all the time
2: yeah um also that plays so well into their, they have a marketing campaign of like toddler tuesdays where they're like bring your kids here like spend time yeah. with your kids here so you're like you play really well into. i'm that. playing
0: right into it <laughs> and i need to uh, if anyone has a uh, knows the mall of america better than i do i would love to become the brand endorser for the daddy dates hashtag let's make a commercial this is phenomenal Thank you, Tessa.
1: Thanks, guys, for the invite. It is really it's a hell of awesome. a podcast It's here. our first. <laughs>
0: it's, it might be my first time. This wasn't an interview, but it's probably my it might be my first time doing that. So hmm. Thanks for holding our hands in that.
2: Of course. Yeah, of course. We're not uh, actually, hold, mm. Holding your hands. Yeah. I've just graduated <laughs> from school for journalism. Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> crushing it.
2: I'm also pretty new. To this. Uh, yeah,
0: we're new to this. Uh, but I think the setting was right, obviously. The it's the beautiful. mood lighting in the Doomtree yeah. headquarters is very nice. Tim Nelson, thank you so much. But, but, but. Absolutely Tim crushing Nelson, it. Incredible. And we're going to go out with a little birthday celebration for Chime. Mm-hmm. It's February. It's the year release.
1: Mm-hmm. Birth month.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be the last birthday that we celebrate for Chime. Oh, also. my God. That's so <laughs> insulting. It's just one, one and done. <laughs> On to the next. We didn't plug anything, but... Tessa has her big Minnesota Orchestra shows at the end of March, um, and we have somehow finagled a deal where we're going to record it and release it.
1: Laserbeak and Andy Thompson doing the executive production. It's so with wild. a freaking Grammy-winning orchestra. Grammy Can I tell orchestra. you how unlikely that seems for Doomtree <laughs> Records? We live in boxes.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, look at all these boxes. We're gonna make an album with an orchestra. It's gonna come out in the fall. So that's what we're doing. We, Me and Dessa are literally going over to Andy's house tomorrow to finish yep. up a couple new songs and get ready for this shit to go down. Mm-hmm. So new stuff. Pray for us. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Okay. Thank you, Dessa, very much for coming in. First guest ever on the Tuesdays with Laser Week podcast. God bless you. Mm-hmm. How are we doing, Jacob?
2: We're doing great. And we're going to pivot. We're going to pivot back to Luther and Luther Beak.
0: Oh, I like it. Jacob did. Create the hashtag Luther Beak hashtag.
2: There there was somebody who tweeted. They're like, Jacob beat me to the punch with that. Yeah. They're like, I was just going to say it. And then she said it. And I was like,
0: thank you. I
2: did I did have quite a few days on you. But... <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, very powerful. I will say I didn't see the hashtag Luther working with the picture of e- like the emoji of Idris Elba. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. If you type in hashtag mm-hmm. Luther. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. A um, little off-brand for me, maybe. but You
2: uh, you should get Twitter to do, like, hashtag Luther Beacon, a little picture of you. Yeah,
0: a picture of me, mm-hmm. Crystal Daddy. So it's February. Uh, that means that Luther, my new solo album, first solo album in seven years, Holy God, uh, is coming out February 15th. We just dropped the second single a little while ago called Ready. Um, and first, I just wanted to say that I was super scared and nervous, and I haven't done a solo album in a long time. And so... And I've kind of been sitting on this one for a little bit and it's been really awesome. Like the, the response has been sweet and thank you to everyone that has just been like, yeah, this is different, but this is cool and supporting it um, and for supporting this podcast because that also was announced on the same day as a very um, vulnerable, crazy. it was a vulnerable day for me and uh, I'm just really appreciative of the response. So anyways, thank you for listening to this thing and thank you for listening to the solo music Um Second single was called Ready. And I think it was the last song that I actually made in the project. And it was like, um, I wanted something like as chill as it could possibly get. And so this one kind of felt like as chill as it could possibly get for me. This is as chill as I slowed get. Slowed it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Slowed it down. Exactly. Um, and there's a lot about, like, when I think about what this record is to me, it's the first thing I've done in seven years and what's happened in that time is that i had three kids and i didn't have any like profound um lyrics necessarily or or this like call to write down words that was like oh being a father is incredible or anything mm-hmm. like that but in a way this music felt like a something profound for me to do or at least to like express that change in my life i guess i don't really know how to put a finger on it but it definitely is like very much inspired by that like new sense of family and responsibility. So, I'm rambling again, but
2: Yeah. And I, and little little spoiler alert to people who buy the physical CD. Yeah. Inside is a picture of the of the three yeah, of the three the little three kids.
0: kids. We freaked out because the vinyl is just um, you know, it's not gatefold, so it's just there's two pictures on it. Mm-hmm. Then it was time to do the CD and there's a third panel and we were like, "Oh shit, we don't have anything for it." And then I just threw a picture of my kids on there. I feel good about it.
2: It's adorable.
0: They don't give a shit about that, though. I tried to, I gave them the CD the other day and they, they couldn't, they don't know what a CD is first. And they just don't really understand why their picture's on it. And side note, they still love the Cheryl Crow song, Real Gone from the Cars I'm Soundtrack. So sorry. And that's all they want to hear. And I am going to take this time to publicly set off my international beef with Cheryl Crow right now.
2: It, this is gonna make headlines. It's
0: on. I don't like that her song "Real Gone" is my kid's favorite song, and I'm over it. I've heard it like I have to make up at least one thousand plays of the like sixteen million streams on Spotify for the song. Yep. And I feel like it had its time. Cars one was great. It came out a long time ago. It's Cars three has already come out. Let's let it go. Maybe just take it off of Spotify so that it's not an option when my kids ask for it.
2: So sorry, Cheryl. You know.
0: No Listen, disrespect to Cheryl.
2: Respect to the rest of your career.
0: Yeah. You got a lot of great songs. You've done a lot of stuff. I know that it's like the 20-year anniversary of that first big record. You've got a healthy career going. But just take that one song down.
2: We want it to be real gone.
0: Yeah. We, it needs to get real gone. Hashtag Cheryl get real gone.
2: Wow. That's, okay? that's public That's beef. the first
0: shot fired right there. <laughs> Cheryl, you're washed. Your song real gone is washed. I need you to get real gone. So,
2: your time to respond. Come on the podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we will have you on as our second guest. Um, so, just to clear the air and take it away from Cheryl, because I think she gets talked about enough, actually, mm-hmm. um, we're going to bring it back to me and my record that my kids don't care about. And I'm going to break down, uh, like we did last podcast, just like kind of the different elements in this beat. Because, again, like my style has usually been kind of chaotic and everything happening at once and so but there's always these layers that are happening and so this album is really like my attempt to showcase some of those layers um and like strip back and try a totally new approach so this song started with this snare roll can you hear that Mm -hmm. it's just a dumb snare roll and then i brought in a little piano and it was like okay we're gonna really chill this thing out here and there's like a little pulsing kick that comes in and to me this was like okay this is the vibe Um, and we started to bring in like different percussive elements there's like some breaks some little percussion some shakers kind of like this is my process basically just like layering and layering um, bringing in clicks and more kicks. And then a string line that comes in. And like a weird, I don't, I name all these things very so This is just called club thing.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> right? I, I hear which one you're saying. Club thing. thing you're saying. Yeah. For sure.
0: And then there was this vocal that I pitched way down that just said I'm ready and I like that. For some reason it just feels like, I like to get epic with shit and it feels like uh some like old man being like, I'm ready, motherfuckers. I can die now or whatever. Wow.
2: <laughs> the message of Luther. <laughs> yeah,
0: like bring it. Uh, I've lived a great life and uh, and so whatever for whatever reason that just like really resonated with me. Then there's bass and there's crashes and then the the one thing. This was one of the rare times where I pulled back and I I made the beat bigger and we decided to scrap the big end part and it has this like. I know that's not a whole lot more, but that snare progression um, was supposed to be how the song ended. And it just felt unnecessarily triumphant, which I'm usually all about. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my whole aesthetic. Right. Unnecessarily triumphant. Um, And so we just decided, and shouts to Ryan Olson, who kind of like walked me through this and was like, you don't need that section. Not every song has to explode at the end. And so instead, what we did is what I did me.
2: (laughs) Give yourself the credit you deserve. Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm ready. Um, what I did was I just got to pull up the last sequence here. It's going to be great. You're going to love this. Okay. So the thing that we did differently, um, was instead of going crazy with that snare and just like making it unnecessary. Um, I just kind of like came up with a different thing that would feel like an outro. That's totally a different beat that just kind of, is like a palate cleanser and, went chill. That's my 2019. Go chill. Yeah, you that's know? it. You're ready. Hashtag Luther Beak. Hashtag I'm ready. Hashtag go chill. Hashtag Cheryl Crow. Get, Get real, real gone. That's basically it. And there you have it. The second single from Luther. I think we finished our second podcast.
2: Episode two. Did we, we do it?
0: We knocked yeah. it out. Enormous thanks to our guy Tim Nelson. Yes, Sounded making it sound galore. good. Yeah, we're gonna get him that endorsement deal too. It's gonna what, be great. Whatever he wants. What anything he wants, we're gonna find. We it. We can make it happen. Yep. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you, Jacob. As always, of course, Thank you're the you. best. Um, yeah, enjoy your February, and we'll be back here in March for the third episode of Tuesdays with Week.
2: See you then. Bam. Be-